Here's the here's the alleged thing that said that happened. Uh, Lee said to Schwab, "Give me 15 minutes with each of your executives." Schwab then asked, "How much will it cost me?" Nothing, Lee said. Unless it works. After three months, you could send me a check for whatever you feel is worth for you. So allegedly, this guy came in and fixed this whole company with these five simple steps. Welcome back to another episode of the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Kyle. And in this episode, we will be discussing the Ivy Lee method. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into that, Kyle, what have you been up to? Uh, Experimenting with different Android keyboards, as I showed you earlier. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying out this keyboard that looks like a bunch of honeycombs called TypeWise Keyboard. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be more efficient for typing uh, because the buttons are larger. The layout's a bit weird. I'm getting used to it. Uh, there's no backspace button. You have to do, like, swipe across the screen instead. It's a really weird keyboard. Uh, the main thing that kind of provokes this whole ex- exploration of different keyboards is that I've been uh, getting a little bit more concerned about just like online privacy, like what people are knowing about me, like with like Google and that stuff. Yeah. And I, if I could, I'd use a private version of Google Gboard. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm like, you know what? The rest of my life is going to be online. I should like, you know, make sure that Google only knows the things that I want to know. And that's not every single text I send to my friends. Might be a little <laughs> bit paranoid, but you know, you just never know. And uh, so I checked out Typewise Keyboard and... I invested into the pro version because I believe you should go big or go home. And the pro version is $25 one time payment for a Android keyboard. So I'm using that and it has been a learning process for me. Yeah. The keyboard looked pretty funky. Yeah. Uh, I'm still typing slower than usual with it. I doesn't have swipe texting, which I do like, but I also got another keyboard called AnySoft. I think AnySoft keyboard, which has a swipe texting. That one's actually free and open source, uh, but I've been playing around with those lately. Uh, my texts are taking longer than usual to write. It kind of is frustrating to text people at this moment, but that's part of the rewiring of my brain. And yeah, that's been my big thing. It's like my my productivity lab experiment outside the productivity lab. <laughs> it's <been> my main <laughs> thing. Also, I've been writing a lot more, publishing a lot more. Uh, my personal website, quadrant9.net. I recently completed a story that I liked a lot called uh, A Minor Accident, which I know you read, which is about, it's a, I guess, kind of Neil Gaiman-esque story where the uh, seemingly normal things get weirder and weirder as it goes on. And mm-hmm. it's about a man who accidentally runs into a cyclist and she's all right, but things get stranger and stranger as the conversation goes on. And it takes place to the point of view of his wife who is currently calling him to see what the holdup is from. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy about that one. And yeah, it uh, started a small series as well called uh, Interception, which is a cyberpunk story that I'm working on. I'm completely panting this one, as they call it, where you just kind of write at the seat of your pants and you don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm halfway through the second chapter. I don't know where it's going to go. And it's been kind of scaring me, though. So I haven't completed it yet. But yeah, that's been my thing lately. How about you, Mark? I've been pretty uh, busy and obsessed with my original love, 
which is website design, oh, yeah. uh, or more particularly the UX design. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have all my project list to update my personal blog, askmark.io, uh, and then to update my publishing imprint, uh, blogapexdis.com. Uh, it's, in, it's in desperate need of update. So um, I've been spending like this since we last recorded I've been spending time prototyping and wireframing the website design in Adobe XD. And I had the prototype done. You could click around in it and everything. So this week I've dived into actually building out the test website to see if I can actually do what I prototyped, <laughs> if the technology I'm using will let me allow me to do that. And there's some um, slight differences, but then there's some other uh, cool differences. So that are coming up with how I've uh, redesigned some of the pages. Uh, Obviously, the homepage uh, wanted to redesign. I think you should always keep your websites updated, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure they get updated over time. (laughs) So, you know, this hasn't been updated in. Oh, my, like three, four years um, so get a nice little splash update. We're going to be adding a bookstore to it. Um, and oh, I'm cool. redesigning the post pages for blog post and for uh, specific podcast uh, pages. So I'm creating templates for that, seeing how it looks, seeing what my new process is going to be when publishing new episodes, like how will I fill out the templates mm-hmm. and everything. So um that's fun. That's exciting to do. And actually building that on a test platform. Like I said, I lose track of all time when doing any UX or web design. Yeah, as we talked about earlier before recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, and outside of web design or UX design, um, I've also been learning formatting. So the uh, my first publishing thing is going to be a ebook chapbook poetry chapbook um so there's going to be a series of those um and so i had some stuff that i was working on so i had finished the revisions for those i've pulled a lot to put them in version two because those need some revisions and work on it and um been learning formatting so originally i was using i was trying to format in scrivener and it's very weird for poetry formatting because you need it in a particular style and I was trying to work out the hanging indents and all that good stuff. Um, and it was murdering me. And then I discovered this tool called Vellum, uh, which a lot of self-publishers use. It is paid software. So I actually had got a refund from Podcast Movement, uh, my tickets. Since I'm, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing a virtual conference. And I took that and invested it in the software because I would also be using this software to... Uh, do all the formatting for short stories and stuff when I publish. So mm-hmm. it, cre- it it takes it, there's templates, you can do all the formatting, you can add your cover images and everything else to it. I think it's much better than what you can do in Scrivener. Um, and it uh, when you export it, it exports it out into all the store formats. So Mobi for Kindle, um, oh, cool. EPUB, you know, uh, I, I booked for it, it formats it into all the store formats. So you have it all ready to go. Um, and it looks the same. You can 
prototype view it and everything. It's wonderful. I love it. I love it. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work with that and that's a poetry collection that I think it was like 40 something pages, 30, uh, it, it was a few pages. Um, there's, I think maybe 15 poems, but some run to the next page, hmm. but Oh my formatting. Shout out to my my formatters and, and people who do typesetting because that's some real work um, to go through and just make sure that everything looks good, is aligned very well. But the Vellum software, there's also Draft to Digital, which is free if you're not on Mac. You can use that as well. Um, but uh, Vellum uh, has uh, very popular reviews. I've been using that. But that took quite some time to do the formatting, even in Vellum, to go through and just like make sure that everything looks good and uh, you had it properly formatted, especially for poetry. So I can't wait to actually uh, do formatting for short stories Mm -hmm. and then for longer pieces of of work to do chapter headings and all that great stuff. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Those have been my two heavyweight Uh, projects that I've been working on the past two weeks. So with that aside. Wait, I think before we get into the topic, we should talk about the biggest news right now in the Brightivity world. Of course, for people that are listening now, this is actually month old news, but this probably will be hopefully fixed by then. Maybe not. (laughs) But the new redesign of Toggle. (laughs) We're not even redesign. The the website's the same. The app's the same. The new color mm. scheme of Toggle specifically. Yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> so um, those who do not know, the uh, the Toggle uh, branding has gone from being like a red uh, bun looking thing, kind of like, like a power bun looking thing. Uh, it's like a circle with a line on the top. And mm-hmm. it looks really nice. That was like their, their whole thing. But some for some reason, they decided to, well, first off, they did the wise idea. They're trying to expand their business model. So now it's mm-hmm. not just Toggle, it's called Toggle Trek. That's fine. Yes. But instead of just like calling it Toggle Trek and like maybe tweaking the logo a little bit, they changed everything. It went from being red <laughs> to being this like Pepto-Bismol pink. And yeah. the Toggle Trek logo itself is it's fine, I guess, but it's a bit friendly for a professional enterprise software. And it just seems odd to me. <laughs> like... As you mentioned, like they rebranded and they were bringing in their separate products all within under the same like um, umbrella. Toggle track, toggle yeah. projects. I can't remember they are now. Plan. plan uh, yeah. Toggle plan, uh, which is their project planning um, stuff. I've never used that. Toggle track, which is what we're the fan cast for. (laughs) (laughs) And then toggle hire. Um, I didn't know they had that. I I don't know what that is. So each one has like this very weird color. Okay. I haven't even seen toggle Toggle hires color scheme. Let me look this up. So yeah, if you go, just go to their main website, T O G G L.com. Toggle track, which is what we use is went from this red to like this Pepto-Bismol pink, purple pink. Um, I'm, I'm not, I personally don't like the hue. Yeah. Toggle Plan has a light purple that yeah. you see in some of our branding. Um, and then Toggle, Toggle Hire has like this, 
what would you say like this peach oh yeah it's like a peach pink yeah it's like a peach pink like a salmon orange kind of thing yeah yeah um so yeah that's their, their color scheme uh with this like weird pale banana yellow for the the i don't know so it's it's interesting um like these screenshots <laughs> actually like good uh, for toggle plan and toggle hire but toggle track i don't know they, they just their color palette's weird yeah but the good out of that or uh, that i found and i tweeted to them <laughs> was the desktop tracker that yeah. that i have was updated and it's it's so much better and <laughs> easier now to input or change um entries before like when you would start the timer um and you wanted to change like what project it was for or tag was being used you would have to or the start time of it you would have to uh, click it and it gives a little pop-up window to modify the settings and then you have to click the the x button on it because you couldn't hit the escape on your keyboard so i always hated that now all the fields are editable so once i start something i can immediately just click in a field change the name click on the project change the project click on the tag and and the time and i can easily change it it's so much better than what it was before so at least from the desktop update that they did for that is a much nicer design but it did get uh recreated with the um um new color scheme with the deep dark purple as the background and that that pepto-bismol pink for the uh start and stop timer um so yeah interesting update uh they speaking of updates uh on september 10th they publish a update saying that they've been receiving feedback and actually one thing that they didn't come across as of was uh people that have color blindness i'm not sure which kind yes. uh have been having issues with the new design so they're trying to i guess maybe keep it consistent but maybe have more contrast i don't know but we'll see how by the time this episode is released there'll be some new uh changes to their color scheme is my guess so we'll see if this is a short-lived thing or maybe they'll increase the contrast to make it better for people with color blindness we shall find out and uh yeah so that's not the old news to everybody who it's already old news <laughs> people are listening but this complaint might be old news by then so we'll see yeah. what happens yeah yeah it's yeah that's interesting um especially when you're going through a design perspective yeah note that i'm not keeping any of that in mind for any of my design stuff now that we're talking about it so um Maybe I'll make a note and run it through. There's some uh, things that you can run it mm. through for your brand colors because when I did my whole branding redesign for Apex this of from December last year, mm. um, I didn't think of any of that. Mm. When, in which you should think mm. of that from a design perspective. I did not. Mm. Um, but I've always liked those colors. But there, there, there's something to keep in mind mm. if you're doing any uh, project design especially if you're choosing particular color palettes Mm -hmm. and mine ranges so wide that you there's enough contrast Mm -hmm. but when you have very similar colors for people who are colorblind if there's not enough contrast it just all bleeds together Um, and so nothing will stand out especially if you're trying to differentiate 
between what buttons to click, what text to read, etc. Yeah, uh, it's this is definitely an interesting lesson. Uh, I hope they get back to the red <laughs> because, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, we're ready to get on to the topic. Okay. Yes. So the main topic, the main thing that we're looking at is the Ivy Lee method. Mm -hmm. Kyle, I believe you chose this one and put it on. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Ivy Lee method is? Yeah, the Ivy Lee method in the TLDR uh, way is kind of like you just choose your, in this case, they say the six most important tasks you got to do that day and only focus on those throughout the day and nothing else. Uh, that's kind of similar to some other things I think we may have talked about before, like the three task rule or the three, uh, I've read it before in several books, like mm -hmm. you choose three things at the beginning of each day and those are the three things you focus on. This is kind of more expanded, but the same just, well, let's go to some history. Ivy Lee was a consultant for, uh, Charles M. Schwab back in 1918 for helping, uh, him run his, uh, apparently Bethlehem Steel Corporation. Uh, the world's largest shipbuilder. I'm I'm paraphrasing from a James Clear article because James Clear is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was trying to find a way to like make his uh, his workplace at least his executives more efficient. So he brought in this guy named Ivy Lee, who apparently said, "Give me 15 minutes with each of your executives," and uh, he says that he'll. Let's see. Here's the here's the alleged thing that said that happened. Uh, Lee said to Schwab, "Give me 15 minutes." With each of your executives. Schwab then asked, how much will it cost me? Nothing, Lee said. Unless it works. After three months, you could send me a check for whatever you feel is worth for you. So allegedly this guy came in and fixed this whole company with these five simple steps. Uh, the methods were, at the end of each workday, write down six, write down the most six important things you need to accomplish tomorrow. Do not write more, uh, do not write down more than six. Prioritize those six items in order of their true importance. When you arrive tomorrow, concentrate on only the first task. Work until the first task is finished before moving on to the second task. Approach the rest of your list in the same fashion at the end of the day. Move any unfinished items to a new list of six tasks for the following day. And finally, repeat the process every working day. That's the gist of it. I took some <laughs> modifications myself in mine. But the idea is just pretty much like you could have a lot of things in your to-do list and you could... Uh, there's so many different ways to organize them. We talked about it before with our task matrix before, which is yeah. one way to organize them. This is a different way. This isn't based more on personal importance and not having like any kind of criteria more than just like, okay, I know this needs to be done tomorrow or I know I need to focus on this tomorrow. And that's the gist of it. It's, uh, it's a great, great uh, idea, I think, because it's easy to be overwhelmed. Most mornings when I wake up, my to-doist task manager shows about 15 tasks a day about five of which are like daily habits i need to complete so okay. effectively i have like 10 tasks or more and those are only the main tasks the top level task i uh the subtasks are more important to me it's good to just kind of triage those things and with that being said i guess i should go on and tell you how i did my ivy method which i originally said at the end of last episode that i was going to write them down but as anybody who listens to this show knows, that's not going to last. So I immediately tossed that out of the window and I went to Todoist and I created a tag called at Ivy and anything okay. tagged at Ivy and at work was displayed to me in the morning and then the afternoon it'd be at Ivy and at personal. And those are the, those are the two things I'd focus on. 
And I most days I had no more than four tasks per day on those filters. And I would uh, just go through those. Yeah, it was it was very simple. I could work into my into it pretty well, into my personal life pretty well. Uh, the nice thing about this one too is that to do is just like a task dump for me. So I just go through like all my upcoming tasks and then put IV, 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 IV for the ones that I need to do, and then assign mm-hmm. them to the to the workday. I didn't give them the level of importance that they recommend doing because sometimes it's hard to do. And it's easier in my mind to just to decide that morning which one is most important to you and then go from there. Todoist does have a does have a ranking system uh, that's priority four to priority one in the first. So in the first place, I couldn't even really do P1 through P6 as my tags. I had to make custom tags, which I have so many custom tags already that I don't want to make more. And yeah, it, it was... Pretty good way to triage my task. How did you go about doing yours, Mark? Um, mine is um, pretty pretty much the same. the The only time that I don't have a task is during the day job, uh, because for all the side stuff, I already know what I'm working <laughs> on for the week because I plan it every Sunday, and I and I write out the week. And it's already set up. Mm-hmm. So when I hop onto something, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the best use for me was the daytime job because um, that one does change often. Mm-hmm. And I do. And I was pre-existing writing a list down. So starting out, I always keep like a notepad next to my work computer. And I used to start that one writing the list and everything down in the morning with what meetings I had, etc. So just shifting that to, I think it is best to uh, do at the end of the day because mm. you have no skin in the game for the next day, mm. if you will. Yeah. And so you can kind of predetermine uh, the things that you're going to work on. A little bit different for me since I work support, sometimes those things just get slashed completely. Mm-hmm. But it's still good to have a framework. So yeah, uh, at the end of the day, I would just on that notepad set up the next day and I would just quickly go through my calendar, write down the, any uh, events or meetings that I had on my calendar. And then I tried writing the six things down. That was very difficult because <laughs> I'm used to just writing three. Um, I found like, I, I, just, I was like, okay, just do six for the first few days. And I found that a little bit overwhelming to even think up like once I got to three or four items, mm-hmm. I was Six like, okay, now I need, I was like, now I need two more. <laughs> like, Hmm. And <laughs> those always ended up being carried over until the next mm-hmm. day. So I did modify it. Cause I'm like, that just creates too much stress for me to write down yeah. six. So I'm going to just drop it to three. Yeah. And right? in, in this James clear article, he uh, says that, uh, having, like at least an upper rule is good. He thinks that five is fine, mm-hmm. but just like no more than six, I think is the better way to look at it. Not these six tasks you need to do, but the six most important tasks you got to do tomorrow and no more than that. So like I had to get to do is I had like my, my typical reminder habits, like take out trash every Wednesday, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to put as an Ivy League thing since it takes less than five minutes to do. Yeah. So that just goes into my habit tag or my reminder tag. So, uh, I think it's just good just to kind of like, yeah, just think like, okay, okay, this thing's gonna take me at least half an hour to do. 
uh, I should at least put it on this Ivy Lee met, uh, list and then, uh, work throughout the day that way. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I did. So like once, because it was stressful trying to come up with six things mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, now I'm going to just stick with, I'm going to shift it to just do the end of the day. I like that. I think that's better. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I started to do that and just write like three or four mm-hmm. things. Um, that I would like to get done. One was always the same, and that's clear my PQ, my personal queue at work to try to clear that, meaning that I've gotten all my assigned cases out the way. I've responded to all my customers, or at least I know the update or position in which those where those mm-hmm. cases lie if something needs to wait to the next day. If I'm not doing something in between that, um, I'm then working or chipping away at another task Mm -hmm. or project, right? So those things that I wrote down that did also match to my Trello board that I keep Mm -hmm. at at the day job of things that I'm working on with due dates and everything. So um, that that was kind of my process. I like to, um, I liked it. I was able to, you know, start the day, sit at the work computer. I already have it written down. I already have the meetings written down. And then I can just kind of go about the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that I did not write down that just I just naturally do. The things that I wrote down are fo- clear, focused things. Clear the PQ is a pretty high level thing. I could be working on like four or five tickets for the day or case customer cases. Clearing that, that's good. Um then moving on to the next items, which require a little bit more focus, more time. Those are the things that I wrote down. There are other things that does that do pop up throughout the day in which other engineers are asking for assistance or help. So then I hop in mm-hmm. to maybe answer their questions. That does you know consume time, but we're helping other engineers and coaching them on particular things or looking at their cases or looking at another engineer's case mm. if they reach out to you. So those type of things vary. I didn't I, I didn't write those down, even though they can consume like 30 minutes or an hour mm. of your time. Or if you pick up someone else's cases, case that comes back, um, that does, that can consume a significant amount of your time. Uh, those kind of ordeals I didn't write down because I can't predict what those would that, be. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of my process. Um, pretty much the same. I, I tried to start out with the six, but quickly found it, it just caused too much stress and just reduced it down to my three. But I did really did like the process mm-hmm. of just spending your end of day going through everything and setting up your next day so you can just start and run. This is a very short thing. So I think we don't have that much to talk about on this one, Mm-mm. which is actually perfect. So that toggle had this update so we could expand this episode to be at least longer than half an hour long so, <laughs> so. see how we do it <laughs> yeah so what are your final thoughts on it and i think rating? it's very helpful i could see why charles schwab paid him according to this article twenty five thousand dollars which is worth to four hundred thousand dollars in 2015 right. yeah. so i could see why i did it i like this guy i don't know how this guy somehow managed to get this thing right after thousands of years of him of humans trying to organize things that this one guy figured out this one guy who looks a lot like daniel craig <laughs> if you look at the photo on the website came in and i guess he's charismatic enough to sell it i don't know 
Well, yeah, mm. I don't think it's a yeah. half a million dollars worth of uh, of uh, genius, but I think it definitely is a useful thing that it's really good to, in general, just kind of task triage, however you do it. The Eisenhower Matrix, which we talked about before, is good. Mm-hmm. The uh, Chris Bailey's Matrix as well, which is the modification of the Eisenhower Matrix, also is great. Whichever one fits you the best. I found yeah. out this one fit me pretty well because I can't get overwhelmed with all the tasks I have on Todoist. So to have just like these are the top four most important things you have in your day uh, is very helpful. I was using the Eisenhower Matrix for a while, but I grew out of that habit. I just kind of like stopped doing it. Yeah, uh, I'd still tag things on Todoist as important and urgent, but I would never actually check out my filters for those. This is simpler for me with my systems. So I'm going to give this one a five out of five. Very helpful. I guess even going back to the the Kanban 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 method Kanban Kanban come method on. is also another way of task triaging. So I think that these task triaging methods they test out will always get high scores, even if they're not for us. So in my case, I give this one a five out of five. It's simple to the point; doesn't require that much work. Okay, yeah. nice. Uh, for me, I will have to concur. Right, five out of five for me because I already do a modified version of this. There is the power of list. I think there's a book or something in relation to that, but people don't realize like how powerful lists Mm -hmm. are when you write them down. And especially if you do it beforehand, I know I've talked about it before, but on the day job, I never really wrote the next day, the things that I needed to to -hmm. do the next day. Working from home kind of changed some things mm-hmm. with that, but doing this, it, it it's really nice because you know what to focus on. You don't have the uncertainty, and you can just start working. And support is difficult because it throws wrenches in your day, mm-hmm. and you can just spend the entire day on a single case, mm-hmm. a single thing, and not touch anything else on that list. But uh, it's really nice that just the power of a list to have that planned, organized in a manner to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for the day job, I was able to really use this particular challenge to do that. Just modify it a bit uh, of when I do it and how many items that I listed. For all the the side stuff uh, that we talk about that we do, the you know the writing and mm-hmm. the publishing and all of that, that's all planned ahead mm-hmm. for me because I still do daily things. Mm-hmm. So. I know what I'm writing on. I know what Sunday, what projects I'm tackling Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. That's all planned out. And those are all like two to three items because I can't fit any anything more mm. than that. Right. With having a day job. Mm. So those are all side projects things. So uh, I couldn't apply that really because I already plan out my week mm. on the side project stuff. So Five out of five for me. It was a really good project. I, I I think it's a really nice, simple method. I'm going to be slightly changing some of the, the from the notepad to a more slim version mm-hmm. to keep me focused. And and that's from, um, uh, you know, a small company that I follow ca- called Ugmonk. Uh, they're working on like a productivity card system cool. thing. Oh my God, I, I love it. I'll include it in the show notes. It's called Analog. So if you like writing things down like me, right? And it's just a simple cart list where you write your your top to do items. U G M O N K? Yes. Okay. Yeah, U G M O N K. Um, and so it fits perfect with this type of method and with what I do 
for the day job. And you can have that, always have those in front of you. So I can't wait for that to come out. I think I get it in October, but it'll fit perfectly with the Ivy Lee method. So that's my, that's my final thoughts and review on Ivy Lee. Five out of five for both of us. Yeah, I'm looking for like my analog right now. Kickstarter. Let's see. Oh, yeah, you did. I think you sent me these on our Slack chat. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe since my Instagram advertising knows me so well, it's just all D&D and productivity <laughs> ads. <laughs> uh, maybe I saw it on there, too. <laughs> I'm a big fan of theirs. I have a lot of his designs and things so and products. So, All right, well, let's talk about our next thing. We are doing a book review since we're going into Big Ol' 35 next, which yes. we are talking about. To, we're not talking to. Oh, I wish I could interview an author on this show, <laughs> especially somebody as big as the author of this book that we're talking about. We're talking about the book Grit by Angela Duckworth, who yes. she is a psychologist who studied uh, the the psychology of stick to itiveness for sticking to projects for long periods. Like what makes what what separates the the experts from the uh, just people that are great at things and people that are from that are great at things like what separates them from the people that are good at things and so on and so forth. So the the book is all about uh, deliberate practice and all that stuff. It's supposed to be really good. I'm actually halfway through it right now. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah, so I can't wait to actually dive into that. I will be starting diving into that tomorrow. I need to put all my other reads on pause mm-hmm. and I will be diving into grit and seeing what it's all about. I can't wait. And if you have not read that book, hey, give it a read, mm-hmm. start with it, and we you can join us in the next episode mm-hmm. as we review it and see what your thoughts are mm-hmm. on that as well. Kyle, where can they find you? All right, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at KyleSQ9. And that Q9 is short for my website, quadrant9.net, where you could read all my fiction writing right now, where I'm writing with a pen name because... Kyle just is such a meme right now, the name, that I don't want it to write underneath that. So you could read underneath my pen name there. All my fiction stuff is written underneath Jonathan K. Webb. And my nonfiction stuff is underneath my uh, real name. Uh, just just got to separate them up a bit. And yeah, where, they, where can they find you, Mark? You can find me on uh, my blog at askmark.io. There you also find some book reviews and other writings and my uh, short story writing challenges as well. I'm doing one a week. So the next one is coming up soon. And uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AskMarkIO, AskMarkIO. You can also find the show and the beautiful show notes on our website at theproductivitylab.show or tpl.show for short. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. In the meantime, stay productive.
<laughs> you waiting for me? <laughs> In the meantime, no, I forgot our stay I forgot our call out. <laughs> stay productive. Stay productive. Stay productive. We'll just keep on saying it over and over again until we get it right. Like, I forget how to. What's his how name? Uh, the director, who's like a perfectionist, Stanley Kubrick. Now you take to get the thing Kubrick. right. <laughs> now you take stay productive. No, no, no. Show me more. <laughs> Show me. Stay productive. 